Um, welcome to this session of Candid Conversation. Today we are going to chat with Miss Monique, Monique Dupre, um, about uh, curating a library for children at home. So after a 20-year career as a professional nanny, Monique Dupre has been committed to teaching toddlers to read early and often. She's been sought out by parents and caregivers to assist them in curating libraries with inclusive stories that offer diverse characters and ideas and experiences. Her social media followers know her as Nanny Miss Monique and tune in weekly for her live interviews with popular children's books, book authors, illustrators and publishers. She collaborates with other influencers and educators to provide compelling live story time events for children of all ages all over the world. So without further ado, Let's welcome Miss Monique. Thank Hi. you very much for being here. Thank um, you for having me. Why don't you tell us about how, um, what it is that you do and how you got started curating libraries? Sure. So I've been a nanny for over 25 plus years. Um, my first, my education was in art history. Um, and throughout my nanny career, I stayed up to date in early childhood education, taking classes, um, working in a preschool even. But uh, what started off as Nanny Miss Monique, I started working for a family of New York Times bestselling authors in Washington, D.C. And it was a live-in position. <laughs> and that family was just immersed in books all the time. Mm -hmm. And it was just a really beautiful thing to see the kids reading in the morning before breakfast, reading after breakfast in their home library, and then just reading when they came home from school. Um, it kind of changed me. And then ever since then, my next nanny position, I began reading dozens and dozens of books every single day to the nanny kids that I was watching in, um, in, after that position. And it just led me to curating their libraries and teaching them and teaching them how to read. Um, and that's the story so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful story. So why would you say it's important for children to have a li library at home? Um, having a library is good for a child because it makes them feel like if they like it's an escape for them. Um, if they feel sad, if they need to unwind, um, this can help children, I believe, to reset their minds and their bodies, to have their own personal space where they're reading. Fantastic. And how, how many books would you say is a good amount of books to have in general? I would say the magic number of books to start off with, you should have at least 20 books and then you can grow from there. Um, it should be based on your child's interest. So that changes often, like right? Children's yes. interests change all the time. And then you can pick up a book here or there. Um, and I, I don't believe in throwing books away. I always donate them. So uh, you can donate your books. Um, my daughter has close to probably a, maybe a little over a thousand books at this point. So <laughs> we have so many books in the house. But if you, a good way is to try a book out at the library. And talking about libraries, um, what, what would you say to parents who, for example, say, well, we have the library, we go to the library once a week, why do we need books at home? Um, absolutely. So 
we need books at home because children, like I said before, need to unwind and relax and making like a cozy, warm, inviting space for your child. It's just going to make them feel good, especially if it's if it, it's books that are pertaining to their interest. So I think that's just important to have something. It's kind of like it becomes a piece of you to have a book that means so much to you. Um, you know, you can try out books at the library anytime, but having your own library and your own library book is very special. Fantastic. And is the physical location of where the books are in the home, is that important? Um, I think it just needs to be in a quiet space, a space where a child isn't going to be distracted. Um, if, you know, I feel like in your bedroom is a good place. A lot of families have like a, a little sitting area or you might want your child to sit in the living room. It's very quiet in there. But I, wherever you have your library um, for your child, just make sure it's a place where they can go to and not be distracted. Okay. And do you think there's any other equipment that is needed in these libraries? Absolutely. I think for children that are ages from like zero to three, I think a soft bin, maybe like a woven bin with their board books in it, because babies like to crawl over yeah. to their books. And I always think of a baby hitting their head on a bookshelf and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> they're trying to stand and lean on it. Yep. And I just think it's a little bit dangerous. So if you have a baby or a young toddler Put your books in a soft bin. Um, three to five, I believe forward facing books is a great idea. That way they can see the illustrations. They see the book that they want because they can't read yet in most yeah. cases. So seeing the picture is very, very important. And then once your, start, your child starts to read, put your books in alphabetical order on the bookshelf so your child can practice looking for the last name of the author, just like they would at the library. Fantastic. And how do you, how do you curate a reading list? Like if, let's say a child, a family comes to you and says, you know, we have, we have a child who's interested in reading. We want to start a uh, curating a library for a child, but we don't know where to start. So how do you start? You start by asking your child, or you know your child, what their interest is. So my daughter, she started off loving space, all different kinds of space things. And it started off with Mae Jemison. So we got her a lot of nonfiction books about space that were age appropriate for like a three to five-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, we also found books about little kids who wanted to be astronauts, little kids who wanted to pretend that they're archeologists, um, anything about like, um, digging because she, she talks about Mars a lot. She says, I'm going to go to Mars and I'm going <laughs> to dig on Mars. It has red dirt. <laughs> she talks about finding rocks. So we just tried to find um, books that she would be interested in because if you're interested in something, you're, you're going to really love it. You're going to read it. Um, you're going to ask mommy and daddy to read it or your, or your caregiver to read it so many times. So I start from there. And then if you want to get books that are slightly different, like um, we, we moved in to getting into dinosaurs because mm -hmm. dinosaurs 
will kind of have a lot to do with um, archaeology and rocks and, and yeah. all that. So we moved in, you know, as a little segue to go into something else, but it was still along the same lines of science. And how, how do you feel about ebooks? Because I know, I know personally as a nanny, um, I was traveling a lot. And so I would download a lot of ebooks on my iPad or my charger's iPad so that we could read them because reading was very important to us, but we couldn't just carry a whole bunch of books. But how do you feel about ebooks? I absolutely love ebooks. Um, there are so many apps these days where you can, they have picture book apps where children can download books. You can even do that through your library. The library will give you a book that, um, you can download onto your phone. Um, and these aren't audiobooks. These are like, you know, flipping the page and you can actually see the book that way. Um, so I think it's great for travel. It's really important for travel. What about audiobooks? I know you just mentioned them, but do you do you recommend those? I absolutely recommend audiobooks. Um, I know I noticed a lot of the times when I was in the carpool line, there would be nannies who had a younger kid in the car and they would turn on the television in the car because a lot of people have TVs in yeah. their cars, especially a <laughs> minivan. <laughs> and I would always just put on an audiobook. And the kids loved it. We loved yeah. it so much. They would say, oh my gosh, please pause it because I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like their favorite little soap opera. Um, and you're using the same muscles in your brain that you would for actually reading a book that you would listen to in an, you know, when you're listening to an audiobook, using the same muscles in your brain. So it's great. I know when I, when I was nannying in um, Austria and the children I looked after spoke German, we also had an audiobook that they really loved. It was about a ghost. Um, and I, I would turn it on when we were on long trips because we used to drive to lots of places. And um, I learned so much German <laughs> by listening <laughs> to the same audiobook over and over again. But they used to love it. And even if they'd heard it a thousand times, they would say, please stop it while I get out and do such and such because I don't want to miss it, just like you, just like you said about the children in your car. Yes. <laughs> um, how can you make libraries more inclusive? Um, so when you are making a library inclusive, you want to look for diversity, inclusion, representation, and equity in your book. So when I'm at the library, um, and, you know, it's just kind of testing it out when you're at the library, I kind of skim through the book to see if there's any um, diversity which could be any kind of diversity. It could be language diversity. It could be uh, race. It could be cultural diversity. It could be religion. And I want the child to have as many experiences as they can, because I believe your bookshelf should reflect the world that we live in. So when you are testing out books or if you're in a bookstore, you want to buy forever book, make sure that you're scanning it to, make, uh, to see if it has diversity, <laughs> inclusion, representation, and equity. Fantastic. And you mentioned this a little bit before about um, donating books. So are there any other ways that we can make in-home libraries sustainable? Yes. Um, <laughs> so making a, a library sustainable, I would say, um, I'm sorry, <laughs> okay. go to thrift shops, um, garage sales. You can, you can absolutely do that. Um, 
constantly adding to your to your library for your child, you know, like a little bit at a time. Um, I think I'm so sorry. (laughs) This is like one of the questions that um, it's just it's it's hard for me because I don't we we barely give books away. (laughs) But one but one thing is in our neighborhood. I'm sure a lot of people have this the the little books um library yeah it's a little library and exchange yeah and that's a great way to you know give a book and then take a book book. yeah 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 Yeah. I know I know with my books so I like to read a lot so I read books and then my mom lives in Italy so she has a hard time getting books in English so every time I go I take a suitcase full of books that I've read oh I love that (laughs) and then she gets those um, and then I try to, you know, keep up my end so that then the next time I go, I can take her some more books. Oh, that's lovely. I love yeah. that idea. <laughs> um, so do you have some favorite books that you could recommend um, for the various age groups? So, so like zero to three and then three to five, five to seven and seven up? Yes. So I wrote a list here. Okay. <laughs> so, um, for zero to three, Two Long Ears by Jacob Bowen. Um, it's a counting book that teaches different ways to decorate your body. So if you've ever noticed, kids are always staring at people who have a lot of tattoos or who may have piercings in their ears or they have like a really cool, colorful hairstyle. This book is a counting book and it shows people that kind of um, like to celebrate their bodies in different ways. And I think that's just normalizing. So I love that. Yeah, Grandma's Purse by Vanessa Brantley Newton, a story about a little girl who looks at all the amazing trinkets in her grandmother's purse. And it's just the cutest book. Um, I think grandmas have a big purse and they always have fun things in there. So I think that's a great idea. Um, Zero, uh, three to five, Son by Allison Oliver. Um, It's a little boy who once, he's not feeling fulfilled by playing soccer anymore. So he walks to the beach and he meets a fox and he starts creating art on the beach with the fox. And it's just adorable. Um, Bella's Fall Coat. Um, it's a book that celebrates seasons in the fall and the winter. And her coat is just getting way too small. So her grandmother makes her coat. Um, and it's very, very beautiful, colorful book. <laughs> um, Five to seven, any of the way past book series by Haley Edelman. Um, there's way past sad, there's way past mad, there's lonely, afraid, worried, and jealous. Um, I think it's a great way for children to express big emotions. I think that's so important, um, especially if you have a calm down corner and you have a, a child who's having some emotional issues, those books are amazing. Um, <clears throat> Nico draws a feeling about a little boy who is sad because he doesn't have any friends. So he draws his feelings. And then finally, a little girl sees his picture and understands what his feelings mean. (laughs) It's very cute. And then Seven and Up, um, Make Your Own Money by Ty Allen Jackson. It's, I haven't really seen anything out, out there like this. It teaches children how to be responsible with money. 
And it talks about everything. It talks about how to save your money, what to do once you've saved it and how to build interest on your money. Um, It even tells you where money came from. (laughs) It's a wonderful book. Um, I think I'm going to have to check that one out. Yeah. (laughs) And head to head, um, it has all these different like Rosa Parks and Steve Jobs. It does like a, a comparison of famous people who you would think that don't have anything in common when they actually do have something in common. It's a great story. Well, those are all wonderful books. And I know I've got some of a way past um, series, but I don't have the other ones. So I will be checking them out to see what they're all about because they sound very interesting. They're very good. (laughs) So if a nanny or a parent would, would like to reach out to you to ask you questions on how to curate their library. How can they reach you? Uh, you can reach me on my website at uh, nannymissmonique.com. You can also reach me on Instagram at nannymissmonique as well as Facebook. Fantastic. And I follow Nanny Miss Monique on Instagram and there's always something exciting going on. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. So thank you very much for your time today. Um, And we hope to see you again soon. Great. Thank you so much for having me.